From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Friday the 25th of November, 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the recent developments in the war in Ukraine. But we'll also be running through three other important news stories from around the world today. As well as discussing whether an end to the torture that is airport security is on the cards. But first, Russia plunges Ukraine into darkness. It's now been nine months since Russia launched its full-scale invasion of Ukraine on February the 24th, 2022. And as the days and nights get colder heading towards winter, Russian forces are continuing to target Ukrainian energy infrastructure, prompting authorities to advise residents in the capital Kyiv and elsewhere to stock up on water, food and warm clothing. Ukraine's President Zelensky said yesterday that together Ukrainians had endured nine months of full-scale war and Russia has not found a way to break us and will not find one. Zelensky further doubled down, stressing that the war was one of strength and resilience, going on to say, we must return all lands because I believe that the battlefield is the way when there is no diplomacy. However, things haven't been all that easy on Ukraine. A targeted assault on critical infrastructure on Wednesday led to Ukraine's national energy company declaring a systemic incident, with the work to restore electricity across the country taking longer than after previous attacks. The head of the country's nuclear energy company confirmed that Wednesday marked the first time for more than four decades that all four of Ukraine's nuclear power plants were simultaneously taken off-grid. And while the captured Zaporizhia plant hasn't operated since September, the remaining three were taken off the grid this week as a matter of precaution. However, they have now announced that all nuclear power plants in Ukrainian-controlled territory are successfully back up and running. President Zelensky, talking to the Financial Times, said that this week's strikes were otherwise unimaginable in the modern world. It's the kind of incident that hasn't happened for I don't know how many years, maybe 80, 90 years. A country on the European continent where there was totally no light. Local authorities raced to set up so-called invincibility centres where people will be able to charge phones, warm up and get hot drinks. But it's definitely testing the Ukrainian resolve. Now, in response to Putin's ongoing war in Ukraine, the European Parliament earlier this week voted overwhelmingly to recognise Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism and a state which uses means of terrorism. Specifically, the resolution condemned the, quote, deliberate attacks and atrocities against Ukraine's civilian population, as well as the destruction of civilian infrastructure. Now, the EU isn't actually able to designate entire states as sponsors of terrorism, so the Parliament's non-binding resolution calls on EU member states to develop a new framework that would allow them to do so. The EU Commission, meanwhile, is pushing ahead with its ninth package of sanctions from the EU, and G7 leaders are trying to come up with an agreement over what level to cap Russian oil prices at in an attempt to curb the Kremlin's ability to pay for the war. All in all, as the battle rages on, it seems that energy and power are becoming the most important things this winter. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. 
French President Emmanuel Macron might be about to land himself in hot water over the long-running McKinsey Gate saga. Yesterday, the National Financial Prosecutor's Office confirmed that it was widening a pre-existing investigation into alleged tax fraud by the US consultancy giant to cover McKinsey's involvement in the two most recent presidential races, 2017 and 2022. Now, reports suggest that prosecutors are going to look into allegations of, quote, improperly keeping campaign accounts, the undervaluing of the role of consulting firms, and favoritism. In fact, the French newspaper Le Parisien went even further, reporting that the probe focused in particularly on the potentially unlawful funding of Emmanuel Macron's campaign in 2017, something the prosecutor didn't confirm. McKinsey has, in any case, consistently denied any wrongdoing, and a spokesperson for Macron confirmed that they were aware of the statement that the prosecutor had made and noted that the prosecutors needed to carry out their work in all independence. But depending on their verdict, it could be difficult for Macron going forward. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice to listen along. Let's move to Israel, where in a statement published today, the former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's party confirmed that it had signed its first coalition deal with the far-right Jewish power party led by Itamar Ben-Gavi. The deal, which marks the first step on a long road to forming a full and final new government, will see Ben-Gavi take up the newly created position of National Security Minister, a vastly beefed-up position that will see Ben-Gavi oversee the police and paramilitary border police within the country. Now, Ben-Gavi has widely been described as an extremist, having called for immunity to be granted to Israeli soldiers who shoot at Palestinians, as well as opposition to the death penalty on Palestinians who attack Jews. Ben-Gavi was ultimately convicted in 2017 for a racist incitement against Arabs and for supporting a terrorist organisation. Next, let's move to Australia, where an inquiry by a former High Court judge has strongly criticised former Prime Minister Scott Morrison for secretly appointing himself to extra-ministerial roles during the pandemic, a move which the inquiry said was corrosive of trust in government. It emerged earlier this year, after Morrison lost power in the Australian election, that while Prime Minister, he'd secretly appointed himself as Joint Minister for Health, Finance, Treasury, Resources and Home Affairs. And three of the ministers covering those portfolios later said they didn't even know that they were sharing power with Mr Morrison. Now, the former Prime Minister justified this as being necessary in extraordinary times, meaning the pandemic. But the inquiry refutes this saying that most of the self-appointments had little, if any, connection to the pandemic. And to be fair, he only used his extra power once when he overruled the resources minister on a non-pandemic-related issue, which certainly doesn't help his case. And while there's actually no legal or constitutional problem with secret self-appointments, that's not stopped Morrison from being widely criticised, from outside and within his own party, for undermining government and damaging public trust. The current Prime Minister has said that he will adopt all of the recommendations from the inquiry, including legislation requiring public notice of ministerial appointments. So it looks like he won't be looking to pull the same trick. 
Finally, yesterday marked Thanksgiving in the United States. So today's uplifting story is an accidental text which has turned into a seven-year Thanksgiving tradition. Back in 2016, Wanda Dench from Arizona thought that she was texting her grandson inviting him to Thanksgiving dinner, but she accidentally sent it the wrong number and instead invited a stranger, Jamal Hinton. They realized the mistake, but Jamal asked if he could still come over for food. Wanda said, of course you can. That's what grandmas do, feed everyone. Seven years later, they continued this holiday tradition yesterday of spending Thanksgiving with each other and with their families. That's all we have time for on YouTube today. But if you want to see our discussion about changes in the aviation industry and why you might be able to take big liquids on planes soon, then you should watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. That's because Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've just watched entirely ad-free, but they also get an extended version of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on their podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive briefing every day, then you'll want to sign up. And there's some good news, because our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the world's best documentaries, is offering you a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream, and then more TLDR over on Nebula, including the extended version of the briefing, other fully exclusive TLDR videos, and as always, it's ad-free. You can click the link in the description to get both services for less than $15 a year. And of course, you'll also be supporting the channel.